The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. First Peter, the fifth chapter, starting at verse eight, dear ones, notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares, which it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. On today, my friends, I would like for us to focus our attention on the verses of Scripture that we have found for us here in 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, uh, verses 8 and 9. And the topic that I would like to address with all of you on today, dear ones, the topic is this. Victor or victim, which one are you? Victor or victim, which one are you? Dear ones, with these two words, the two words that I just used, victor and victim, with those two words, dear ones, the first four letters of both of those words are the same, V-I-C-T, victor, victim, V-I-C-T are the first four letters of both of those words, but it is the addition of the last two letters to each of those words that will determine for a person whether they will experience success or whether they will experience failure, whether they will experience joy, or whether they will experience sorrow, and whether they will experience being honored, or will they experience the, 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 the reality of experiencing shame in their life. And so what this helps us to see, dear ones, what this helps us to see is that in many things and in many areas of our lives, it is not the one major choice or the one major decision that we made at some point in time that put us on the path and put us in the place of either being a victor or a victim. It wasn't the one major choice. It wasn't the one major decision that you made that put you on that path towards being either a victor or toward that path of being either a victim. What it was, dear ones, it was the small decisions that we consistently made on a daily basis. And it was the attitude of heart and the frame of mind that we took on on a daily basis. Those are the two things that either places you on the path towards being a victor or places you on the path towards being a victim. 
It wasn't the major choice. It wasn't that one thing. You didn't make that one decision. I made that decision. I shouldn't have did that. Or I made that decision. I should have, I should have did this. Or I thank God I'm so glad I made that one choice. Or I'm so grateful unto the Lord that I made that one decision. There was, there was, that's not it. It was the daily decisions that we made. Small decisions, little things that we did. We made these decisions and we chose these things on a consistent daily basis. And then it was the frame of mind and the attitude of heart that we took up on a consistent daily basis. Those are the things that determine whether you are going to be honored as a victor or experience the shame of being a victim. And dear ones, now what, 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 we need to re, what we need to remember, I should say, what we need to remember is that the Lord is the one who wants us to experience victory. God is the one who wants us to experience victory. And he has done all that is needed for us to be able to experience the victory that he has secured for us. We're told in 2 Peter 1 and 3 that God the Father through Jesus Christ has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So God through Jesus has given to us all things. Everything that is needed that pertains to life and godliness has been given to us by God through Jesus Christ. And then in Colossians, the second chapter, verse 10, we are told that we are made complete in him. That is, we are made complete in Jesus Christ. And so, dear ones, everything that we need to be a victor and to experience victory has been given to us by God through Jesus Christ. But dear ones, we also need to remember that we face an enemy in the devil whose primary goal is to keep us from experiencing the victory that God has prepared for us and instead to fall victim to the plans and the schemes that he has devised against us. We face an enemy whose primary goal is to make sure you don't experience the victory that God has given to you. And you don't experience all the things that God has prepared for your life. His primary goal is to make sure that you fail to experience those things and instead fall victim to the plans and the purposes and the schemes that he has designed for your life. And dear ones, what I would like for us to begin to see in these verses of scripture is what we have given, what we are given here, as I studied, as I studied this text, as I began to look at this text and study it, what I began to realize, dear ones, is that God by his spirit has given to us a treasure trove. I mean, it's just a wealth of information concerning the motives, the plans, and the methods of operation that the devil uses against us. I, I, I'm wondering, I, I, I thought about it and I thought about it throughout the week and I was wondering, is there any other place in all of the New Testament that gives us as much information about the devil and his schemes and his plans and his methods of operation as we are given in these two verses of scripture? And there was, I'm struggling to come up with a place. I, I'm struggling to find any place where you have so much information given to you. That helps you understand, helps you realize this is the type of enemy you're facing. These are the types of things that he does. And these are the types of things you need to be aware of. And so, dear ones, we want to begin to look at what Peter says to us in these verses of Scripture to begin to learn what the Lord would have for us to understand.
Now, dear ones, as we begin to look at these verses, notice again what we're told in verse 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, dear ones, as we begin to look at our text, we actually don't want to even begin with the text. We want to not necessarily begin with the text. What we want to do is begin by looking at the context in which this text is found. Because as we look at the context in which this text is found, it opens some things up for us and gives us some insight into some things. Uh, Because the context talks about what the topic of discussion was that Peter is dealing with at this particular time. So we want to take note of the context. And what was the topic? What was Peter dealing with as he is writing to these believers in this in this point in time? Now, dear ones, as we widen our view in order to take note of these things, what we begin to see is that Peter is writing to the believers of his day and he is encouraging them. As you start reading at the very first verse and read all the way up to verse eight, what Peter has been talking to them about is he has been talking to them about resisting becoming proud. Peter has been talking to them and telling them you need to resist becoming proud. He has also been talking to them and telling them that you need to learn how to humble yourselves. And then he has also been talking to them about learning how to become willing to submit to those who have authority over them in an effort to honor the Lord, honor the Lord by doing so. And so those are the three topics that Peter has been covering. He has been talking to them about and encouraging them to resist becoming proud. Don't allow yourself to become proud. Don't allow yourself to become prideful and arrogant. Don't allow yourself to become full of yourself. He has also been talking to them about encouraging them, learn how to humble yourself. Learn how to take a step back and take a step down. Learn how to not put yourself on the top step all the time, but be able and be willing to take a a, a lower step and humble yourself. Because in doing so, you're honoring the Lord. And then he has also been talking to them about learning how to submit to those that are in authority over you. Learn how to learn how to submit to those who have authority over you, because by doing so, dear ones, you are actually honoring the Lord, who is the ultimate authority over everything and everyone. So when you learn how to honor those that are in authority over you, you are actually honoring the Lord. It doesn't seem like that at times. It doesn't feel like that at times. But the reality of it is, dear ones, as you honor those that are in authority over you, you are doing it as unto the Lord. And God sees it. And God takes note of it. And God will bless you for it. And so, dear ones, I would like to submit to all of you that in the context in which we are dealing with today, dear ones, in the context that we're dealing with and that Peter is writing in, These are the three things that many people find themselves falling victim to the devil's attacks. So the first thing we need to take note of is the very context that Peter is writing to gives us the three areas that the enemy is consistently, repeatedly able to get the victory over us in. Because instead of because the context Peter is saying, Peter is saying he's he's encouraging us, learn how to humble yourself. The enemy is saying, don't humble yourself to nobody. Don't humble yourself to nobody. You ain't got the... Peter is saying, learn, resist becoming proud. The devil encourages you, no, you need to become proud. People need to notice you. People need to pay attention to you. People need to take count of you. 
You're somebody. You're special. You're all that and then some. That's the context. Peter is encouraging them to eat that about. Peter is encouraging them to learn how to submit to authority. Learn how to yield yourself and submit to those that are in authority over you. The devil encourages you. You ain't got to listen to that person. He, who does he think he is? Who does she think he is? You ain't got to listen to that man. You ain't got to listen to that woman. You ain't got to listen to that person. Do what you want to do. And so the very context that Peter is writing in gives us the three areas that the enemy is repeatedly getting advantage of us in. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on the station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. And so these are the areas. But the thing that we need to take note of, dear ones, the thing that we need to take note of, because we started at verse 8, but dear ones, the thing that we need to pay critical attention to is what we are told before we get to verse 8. We have to read what it says in verse 5. Because notice what it says there. It says, verse 5 of 1 Peter 5. It says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yes, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Here we go. For God resists the proud... And gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Now, dear ones, this is Peter paraphrasing what is actually said to us in Proverbs, the third chapter, verses 33 and 34. So hold your finger here in first Peter and let's all turn to Proverbs, the third chapter. Proverbs three. And I'm going to read verses 33 and 34 of that third chapter chapter of Proverbs. Notice what the wisdom writer says there. He says, the curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. Here we go. Surely he, the Lord, scorns the scorner, but he gives grace unto the lowly. Lord have mercy. And so, and so Peter is paraphrasing what the wisdom writer said, and he is letting us know that God resists the proud. But he gives grace to those that are humble. Now, the word resist that Peter uses here, dear ones, it comes from a Greek word that means to set oneself in battle ray against another. To set oneself in battle ray against in battle array. So your battle armor to set yourself in you're dressed in your battle armor 
and you are setting yourself to oppose somebody. It also means to set oneself in opposition to another. And so, dear ones, in other words, when we allow the devil to deceive us and to cause us to do the three things that I just mentioned, to become proud, to not be willing to humble ourselves, and to not be willing to submit to authority, but instead become hard-headed and obstinate and just rebellious, we are not just cutting ourselves off from the Lord being willing to help us. See, I I need for you all to hear what I'm saying. We're not, when you allow the enemy to do that to you, to cause you to become proud and full of yourself, that's why he consistently is trying to get us to become proud. He is consistently trying to get us to become full of ourselves and and prideful or arrogant. He, He consistently is doing that. Or he is consistently trying to encourage you to not humble yourself, to not be be willing to take a step back. He is in, he insistently is encouraging you to not do that. He is also insistently c- trying to encourage us to not be willing to submit to authority. Don't submit to anybody. Don't let nobody tell you what to do. Dear ones, when you allow the enemy to deceive you and cause you to do those things, you are not just cutting yourself off from the Lord being able to help you. What you are actually doing is you are putting yourself in a place where the Lord himself will take an active role in personally opposing you. Yes, that's exactly it. It's not just like, wait, 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 wait a minute. You are, your pastor feels, are you telling me that when I allow the enemy to cause me to become proud, or I allow the enemy to cause me to become unwilling to humble myself, or I allow the enemy to cause me to just not will, be willing to submit to authority, Are you telling me that God himself will take an active role in opposing me? So I'm not just having to deal with the enemy. I'm having to deal with God too. The dear ones, I'm not telling you that. The scriptures are telling you that. The word of God is telling you that. Now, dear ones, what has happened is we have allowed the devil to deceive us into taking a position and taking on a mindset where the Lord Because of his very nature and character, and as long as we continue to listen and listen to and accept the devil's lies that he is saying to us, because of those things, dear ones, we have left the Lord with no other choice but to actively move to oppose us himself. Because of his nature and his character, God will never violate his own nature and his own character for anybody and so because we are listening to the devil's lies and believing his deceptions and allowing him to cause us to become prideful and arrogant and rebellious and all these things because of God's nature because of his character he has no other choice but to begin to oppose us himself now the opposition that the Lord will begin to utilize against us dear ones I do not want for us to view it as the Lord opposing us as his enemy. That is not what I'm talking about. The Lord will not begin to oppose you as his enemy because Peter is writing to the believers of his day. And so the Lord will not begin to oppose you as an enemy. It should rather be viewed by us as a parent who is displeased with the conduct of their child. It's, it's like a parent. Now, now, most of us in here are parents. So, so dear ones, it's like a parent 
who has a child that's misbehaving. You have a child that's just acting up and misbehaving and just not doing right. And, and, and at first, you will speak to the child and say, you know what, just stop. Johnny, Susie, please stop. Please acting that way. Please stop acting like that. You're trying to talk to the child. You're trying to get the child's attention. You're trying to encourage the child to move away from that kind of conduct and begin to go in a different way that will be more acceptable to the parent. So you're saying, Johnny, please stop. Susie, please stop acting that way. Stop saying those things. Please stop it. Stop it. But after a while, the attitude of the parent begins to change. After a while, when it's continuing to go on, the attitude of the parent begins to change. And now the parent is saying stuff like this. All right, now you got me upset. Now you made me mad. Knock it off. See, it's gone from please stop it to knock it off. It's gone from will you please stop acting like that to now you made me upset. That's what we're talking about. When we allow the enemy to cause us as children of God to become prideful and arrogant, rebellious and unwilling to humble ourselves, it's as if the Lord is looking at us and saying, now you made me mad. Now you got me upset. Knock it off. And so, dear ones, it is as the child continues to refuse to listen and continues to act up despite the parent's requests for them to stop. The parent's attitude towards the child begins to change and the parent now takes a harsher plate, a harsher stance with that child because of the child's continued actions. But dear ones, notice again what we're told in verse eight. It says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, the next thing that we want to take note of, dear ones, is Peter tells us that we are to consistently be in a state of readiness when it comes to how we view the enemy, how we view the devil. We are to consistently be in a state of readiness because he tells us first that we are to be sober. Now, the word sober, dear ones, that is used here, it comes from a Greek word. It comes from the Greek word nepho, which means to be temperate, to be watchful and to be circumspect. Now, if we are keeping these verses in the context in which Peter is writing to the writing to us, there, writing to us in, then, dear ones, my sobriety, my being sober needs to extend itself to include those areas and those things where I can begin to find myself becoming proud in and becoming unwilling to humble myself in and becoming hard-headed and obstinate in. And so if I'm looking at these verses and keeping them in their context, not taking them out of context, as many people do, we just kind of take them out of context and start talking about them, and we totally divorce them from the context that they're written in. But as I keep them in their context, then Peter is telling me, I need to be sober. I need to be sober-minded. I, have to, I need to have a measure of sobriety about me concerning those areas of my life where I am vulnerable to the enemy making me become proud. Amen. Amen. I need to be mindful and sober about those areas of my life where I can find myself unwilling to humble myself. We all have them. We got a lot of them. I know I got a lot of them and I need to be mindful about those things. We need to be mindful about those areas where we can find ourselves becoming unwilling to submit to any type of authority, whether it be on our jobs or in our homes or in our marriages, 
Whatever it is. I ain't submitting to nothing. I ain't listening to nobody. You can't tell me nothing. And so, dear ones, when I, when I am seeing and thinking and evaluating things in a way that is sober, then that allows me to be able to give an estimation of myself that is truthful, that is honest, that is clear, and that is accurate. Hello, dear ones, this is Pastor Michael Fields, and here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life.